back to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium, providing you a virtual gathering space during the midwinter winds. Please warm your hearts at our fire. And we have 18 wise women presenting this year. And what makes this gathering, unlike all others and very special, is we have a group of dedicated fire tenders throughout, who throughout the world are holding altars and holding space with a, a purple flame, a candle, or a fire for the the 13 days of this symposium. So if you want to learn more about that, join us over at the Clan. Today's special guest I met years ago in Chile. Her name is J.E. Saiz. Uh, she's a mass, an MA and the author of Awakening Darkness. She teaches and shamanic, she's a teacher and a shamanic practitioner who specializes in soul retrieval and who has worked with thousands of people worldwide since 1990. She is available for sessions, ceremonial book events, as an inspirational speaker, and to lead workshops on creative spiritual healing. Says was the founder and president of a shamanic community educational nonprofit organization, Pachamama Inc., from 1998 to 2008. Her writing life began at 10 years old when she received the gift of a diary. She has written hundreds of journals since then, recording her life experiences. Awakening Darkness is her first published book. She has known since she was 15 years old that she would someday write about her experience at Elgin State Hospital. Says created a new genre, ceremonial memoir, in order to bring light to the stories that are buried in the dark. And that's wonderful. And I too began writing at 10 when I received my first journal. I didn't know I was a lesbian at the time. And my stay at a, a, a mental institution came in my 30s after I quit drinking. So I'm really excited to, to share this time with you. And, and I'm sure our listeners at home are gonna be really inspired by your gifts of ceremony and, and welcome. Thank you, Renee. I'm so glad to be here. And I really appreciate all that you've done for the shamanic community. And uh, also as a person who helps join us together with a shared intention as we have this this time in our winter solstice season. Oh, you're, we're thrilled to have you. Thank you. And I just want to include some of the people that I know and love in the southern part of the hemisphere of our world, because it's there going into their summer solstice. Mm -hmm. So I hope that they too will be listening. And watching. Be, that would be great. And I always tell those people, just flip, kind of flip the information on its head you know, for, you know, how you carry that part of the darkness now that you're bringing forth into the light for what you're planting this season. And it's, and it's really, it's just as, as useful to pull those grains out what you just came out of, you know, just a little bit in retrospect instead of what you're going into. That's true. That's so true. Yes, thank you. Um, well, I, I'd like to, I mean, I really enjoy the topic of darkness. The title of my book is Awakening Darkness. And so, you know, what I have done in my life is really to live and to embody the courage and the willingness to embrace our darkness 
so that we can give birth to our light in a more whole and a balanced way. And, and that's pretty much my message through my own story of life. Uh, so I'd like to invite all of you now to join me by calling in sacred space because uh, when, I, when I pick up my drum and I sing my power song, I'm basically calling in the ancestors of this land and all the lands that whoever is listening, you Renee and everyone else is connected to. And sometimes we forget modern world helps us to stay in the present with a lot of things and a lot of um, situations that keep us on the surface of life. But in shamanism, we're encouraged to go deep and shamans are masters of traversing the dark. And so we must become familiar with it and, and see all the treasures and jewels and mysteries that we can possibly embrace there. Um, so through our song and through my song today, I'm inviting that mystery to come to us. So please join me. If you want to, I'm gonna stand up and you can just go to that place within yourself where you feel that sacredness within your own heart. We all have a different way of connecting to the divine. Sometimes it's just by going to the ocean or a mountain or being out in nature and just having that one moment where everything stops and you feel connected to it all. So that's what my song is about now, is really my song, sending my spirit out to connect to all that is. also like to blow my whistle which is a double chambered whistling vessel modeled after the Peruvian ancient vessels and this is to call in the ancestors and also to split the world so that we may participate and shift our perception and receive whatever messages that I'm meant to give you and that you are meant to receive directly through spirit. I give thanks to the spirits of this land and I honor the four directions, the south, the winds of the south, the archetypes of the south for being with us today. I give thanks to the west, the place of the sunset where the spirit of darkness lives that swallows the sun each day. 
and we trust this darkness to return to us, the sun, and the next morning. I give thanks to the north direction, the place where I associate the ancestors, the wise ones, the place of stillness, the place that we can access when we are between doing what we have been and becoming who we are yet to be. I call to the north now to be with us in this time and space where we each have made a sacrifice of our time, our energy, and our intentions to be here in this moment right now. And I give thanks to the east direction, the place of the morning sun. We give thanks to the rising of the light within each one of us. We give thanks for the clarity and the wholeness that it brings. I give thanks to our Pachamama, our Mother Earth. Sweet Mother, thank you so much for these lives that we live. Thank you for these bodies that we walk in made of you, that we will someday return to you. We thank you now for blessing us with health, well-being, and to guide us through the times in our life that may be turbulent, that may be challenging, so that we may uncover the gifts and the opportunities that you're making available to us through these challenges. Intitaitai, Mamakia, star beings, luminous ones, Mother, Father, Creator, Great Spirit above us, I call you in to be with us now and hold us in sacred space to allow the balance and harmony of the light and the dark to come together. At this time of year, when it is the most dark in the north and the most light in the south of our world, our Pachamama, our Gaia, let us know that that also ex exists within us that we carry great light and also great darkness, and that there are certain times in our lives when there is a balance, an equinox within us of light and dark coming into wholeness. May we find that balance today by embracing the dark. Blessed be. So I'd like to take a moment to just connect through my singing bowl which is made of quartz crystal and it resonates to the heart chakra. And what I want you to do is just ask yourself this question. What part of me is longing to come home? What part of me has been in exile, disenfranchised, set apart, maybe doesn't feel like it belongs here because it's different. It's too this or too that, too strong or too weak, too loud or too silent. Whatever part of you has been lost, hiding, afraid, Let's call her, him, home now.
spirit of the wind carry you spirit of the wind carry you home spirit of the wind carry you home to yourself you And we gather all four cardinal directions above and below into the beautiful harmony and the mystery of this life right now. That we have ears, we have eyes, we have bodies, we have hearts. And we are all here together as one community. Joined by love. Even the love that we're afraid to feel in our hearts. Sometimes if we let ourselves and let that spirit come in of the sun and the moon, the stars of nature, of life itself. It cracks us open. It hurts a little bit because change is scary. And yet we know and we can trust something greater than ourselves that we are part of is always present. And in shamanism, we ask our helping spirits who are emissaries of this great being of light and life and nature, this intersection of being a spiritual being in a physical body, a soul that is timeless, that can never really be lost or destroyed, no matter what happens to us in this life, and a body that can hurt and be broken and that will eventually die. And we have this amazing paradox that we live in every moment of our lives, every breath we take that in shamanism we embrace that paradox and we we can't know the exact answer but it certainly um, creates a lot of energy for creative things to come out so i'm here to share a little bit and um, since uh, i'll i'll wait for you renee to give me a heads up maybe when it's about um, three minutes before my my time to close but i'd like to present a little bit about um, calling ourselves home and being with ourselves, embracing our dark to give birth to our light. And, and all the things that have happened in our lives that we may be uncomfortable with. Um, I, just, I just wrote a book about that. I'll just uh, make mention of it. Uh, Awakening Darkness um, was a part of my life I wanted to forget and uh, wanted to overcome that darkness. And then I realized that I would never be a truly whole person unless I fully embraced that part of myself that went through that hard, difficult time where I felt the most shame I ever felt. And I felt uh, 
worthless and, and, and literally thrown away and uh, that maybe somehow I deserved that as a child. And the reality was, is that also a part of me that was part of my soul knew through nature, because I was a child who saw spirits, talked to trees, sensed the reality that uh, is alive in nature all the time and communicating with humans if we choose to listen and tune into that. I knew that I was being given a choice to live a life that would be like my brothers and sisters and my parents and my ancestors, or I had the choice to go to the depths of human experience and learn something very different and bring that into my own awareness and then find a way to share that with others. And that's basically the purpose of my life right now is having embraced the, dark, the darkest times of my life. And we think of dark as sometimes bad, but I'd like to just challenge that idea by saying dark is dark and light is light. And the sun is the sun and the night is the night. And um, sometimes the moon doesn't show her face, but she's still there and she's doing very important things. And so are we when we're in our dark and we don't know what it is. Sometimes we can't remember our dreams when we're sleeping, but if we didn't sleep, we would die. So we know we need that darkness. We know we need that time of nothingness in order to become something. So I embrace that darkness. I embrace not knowing. I embrace the no mind presence as a way of being more whole. And I encourage my students to do the same. Uh, the last almost 30 years of my life, I've been called into service as a shaman. I didn't, I didn't decide to be a shaman. I always say I was drafted into service. Uh, people came to a workshop I offered for free in 1995. And then they just kept coming ever since, asking me for sessions. And I've continued to do them with people from all over the world at this point, um, just saying yes to spirit and yes to my calling. And um, I have the uh, opportunity to be in service to people to help them when they have trouble finding themselves, a part of themselves, and they know they're missing something. And for me, what seems difficult for other people is quite simple for me. I, um, I embrace this darkness. I move like a spider on the thread of connection between all things, and I don't get stuck. When I'm with my spirit helpers, which I work with the Great Mother, she's also an archetype that I wrote about. Um, I'm especially close to the Dark Mother archetype, which is a, a maternal presence that comes from the earth and everything human, everything physical that happens in our lives, our illnesses, our, our giving birth, our joy, our making love, all of those experiences are part of the dark mother archetype. And the light mother archetype is part of the divine feminine that is the visible, that is the spiritual, that is the beyond human comprehension, that is the divine. Um, and all those things that we are also capable of. So in my work, I um, have heard many, many stories from thousands of people, the stories and the secrets they never tell anyone. And I've had them talk to me in my kitchen with a cup of tea and tell me with sometimes smiles on our faces, some of the most difficult and challenging and shameful things that have happened in their lives. And what I do is what the great mother does for the divine feminine the presence of the spiritual presence is just hold them in sacredness and hold them in love and hold them in this place of 
everything that I experience, everything that you experience is part of this incredible, miraculous reality of the soul in flesh in a, in a body having experiences with other humans and, and the nat natural world um, that I hope that someday we can all be proud of and work together towards accepting. But in those moments when I'm working with somebody, I am bigger than myself working consciously to be in service to whoever I'm working with, be it one person or a group of people as students, to bring the messages as I am today of what my human presence has experienced in this life and what I've, what I've come here to do and share with you and to encourage you to share what you have experienced and to find that way to love and accept one another and to bring more wholeness to not only ourselves individually, but collectively. Um, because human beings are in trouble right now. And we know it. And, uh, you know, especially in this hemisphere of North America and the United States where I was born. And my ancestors have lived here for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, I, I'm very grateful for all I have in this life. And I also know that it's sometimes a big distraction of what's really important. So I'm here to um, talk about what's real, to, to peek and look into the dark, to invite your whole self home and any part of yourself that has been disenfranchised or shamed or rejected. It's time to come home. It's time for all of us to come home and realize we're here on earth in this beautiful gift and that it's still the Garden of Eden. It can be heaven or hell, it's our choice. Something that I learned very early in life is that I had a choice of how I was going to hold my stories. And I would either hold them in shame and hide them or fake it and create a fake persona and pretend. Or what I ultimately decided to do is embrace all of me and to, um, to be the wholeness of who I am and encourage others to have the courage to do that as well. So writing my book was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But I embraced my little girl. I brought her home. Sandra Ingerman did my first soul retrieval. I know some of you know her. Renee's uh, good friends with her also. And she wrote the foreword to my first book, uh, Awakening Darkness. But, you know, there's so much nature can do and our spirit helpers can do. And then we really need each other. We really need each other. None of us was born into this world without a mother. And Sandra Ingerman, for that moment, long time ago, almost 30 years ago, mm -hmm. probably 30 years ago, um, she brought a part of my soul back, part of my essence that had slipped out due to trauma that I was unable to gain by myself. And she birthed it back into me. She literally blew it back into me. And immediately, people noticed I was different. When I went home from that time period in, in uh, California, I was living in California at the time, um, my, even my massage therapist said, Jace, what's changed about you? you, you you're about an inch taller. You fit differently on the massage table. Because I took up more space in my own body. I was home. And, um, and so it became something I said, I got to learn what this woman's doing. I've learned a lot in nature and from the natural world, but I've got to learn more about this particular thing. So um, that's what I did. I studied with Sandra Ingerman for quite a few years and uh, assisted her teaching soul retrieval and, and just made that a practice that we call ourselves home. And I learned how to do it um, 
for others. And I'm very happy to be, I feel like a midwife that helps birth and also helps people to die and also embrace their light as well as their darkness, their beginnings and their endings. So this is a little bit about um, what I came here to, to share with you today. Um, I would, um, how are we doing on time, Renee? You're, 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 you know, we can have a conversation soon if you're. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I could just, uh, should I share a little bit about my book or a little bit more well, we details? Can talk about, we can talk about that. If yeah. You, that would be a good place for us to go um, mm -hmm. from, from that. So you, you, you know, one of the things that might be interesting because so many people want to write books and memoirs and I know for me, um, there was a process of three writings and now since I wrote the book that still hasn't been published, more of the story has come out and I suspect the next time I write the book, it'll be from a very healed place. So what was the personal transformation of you that took place when you went into the ceremony of writing that book? Right. So the personal transformation that took place when I was writing this book, um, for one thing, it took about 10 and a half years. The, the original book was not intended. I was actually starting to write a different book and I was applying for a PhD at Saber College and they wanted an identity statement about why I wanted to be a PhD in psychology. Uh, what was my experience with psychology and um, why was I so interested? And so they wanted this identity statement and I ended up writing the first um, 30 pages of this book and I didn't send it to Saybrook. I sent it actually to the, uh, the advisor that I had at Goddard College where I was getting my master's degree. And she said, Jayce, you have got to write this. This is what you need to be writing. She basically said, stop writing the other book and write this book. And so that became part of my thesis. Um, and I, um, I went through hell to write this book. You know, I have to say it was one, it was very difficult because the memories were right there. It was like a time capsule came up. It was something that was buried. Um, in 1968, I fell in love with my girlfriend. Uh, it was like, in I had a dream first and, and then I had this very strong feeling of love and romance with, um, with a girl in, in middle, middle school. And then when I started high school, I uh, expressed that love to her and she actually expressed that love back to me. And uh, within six months of that beautiful, innocent love being shared and not really knowing what the heck was going on because I was raised Mormon um, and was in a very religious uh, family and very innocent, I, um, my whole world turned upside down and I ended up being placed into a mental institution in Elgin, Illinois, um, primarily for being a lesbian and a lot of other misunderstood, uh, which I write about in the, in the book. Um, when I came out in 1968, being a lesbian was uh, against the law, it was against religion, and it was considered a mental illness. And so my parents did what they thought was the right thing and they listened to the authority figures and I ended up in this place. Uh, and that's where I had to wake up. I mean, I woke up in such a big way. It was traumatic. I, I suffered a lot of losses, but in reality, 
I woke up and I cracked open so that I was able to encompass more than I would have ever been able to as reality. And I developed more compassion. I made a choice that I was going to love anyway, even though it got me in terrible trouble. I believed in love and I fought the good fight. <laughs> in a way I lost because they never were able to, um, I never got a discharge, a full discharge from the institution because I was not considered cured <laughs> because I was still demonstrating a, attraction and affection towards women in a way that was not allowed. So, um, so I was in there for 15 months and then, um, and then I had to be an outpatient till I was 18. But, but while I was in there, uh, Stonewall happened and I heard about it and I said, I got to be part of that. I made a choice to be happy. I made a choice, no matter what was happening in my life that was being done to me, that I had a right to love who I love, to be who I am. And to go out and be in the world and give my gifts. And it, it was a battle to do that because I was considered so flawed. And I did take some of that shame in. When the people you love and look up to as parents and, and people that I trusted, um, doctors, you know, the police that are supposed to protect us don't, then um, I did get hurt by that. But what I learned is that no matter how wounded we are by the people around us that may be ignorant or maybe trying to even do good, but, but not able to, um, I always had a choice in myself, whether or not to love myself and to believe in love has been my absolute uh, guiding light through my entire life. And so what I did was bring as much love and, and joy as I could and protection to the other children in the hospital while I was there when I learned how to do that. And then um, it was a necessity, I guess, that I become a healer when I grew up, you know, when I became an adult. Uh, because people have always come to me with their problems. People have always told me their secrets. And it was ultimately my calling to say yes to that calling and say, I'll do this, I'll listen, and I'll, I'll do the work. I'll be, I'll be with you through that dark and we'll find what you need and bring it home. Well, that's a beautiful way. And unfortunately, we're out of time, but I'm sure people are going to want to know more about your book um, and where they can find you. And our paths have really a parallel, that, but very different time space intersections. I, a few years ago, I got taxed with um, taxed, uh, doing a Finding Freedom LGBTQ conference for mental health and addiction professionals, which is every January in Palm Springs. And at the time, I thought, like, well, what is there to talk about? You know, maybe one year, but now we're on year four. And, wow. and for me, it was a really, it was me coming out at mm -hmm. 60 or 59, because I just thought I wasn't part of the tribe. And, yeah. you know, and I got to learn that, you know, just like I was a forerunner as a chef, I was a forerunner in that tribe. And it sounds like that goes for you, too. And, and I think that... You know, you said you were recruited to be a healer. I think I went kicking and screaming, you know, people were showing up at the door and I still didn't know what they were there for. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I love that our stories and I can see how much healing you've done in your life and, and really, so let people know where they can find you. Okay, you show, sure. Show them your book too again. Yeah, my book is called Awakening Darkness and it's available on Amazon. Um, it's available as ebook or also 
It's available as a printed book. It's also available through Ingram Press, which um, all the bookstores, the local bookstores can order this book. And um, there's a lot of spiritual treasures in this book. It's a story of my life, but it's also filled with um, many spiritual messages that uh, you might find helpful in your own lives. And it's part of a ceremonial memoir. It's the south direction of the medicine wheel. So there's actually four, four directions in the medicine wheel um, in the cardinal direction. So I, I still have the west, the north, and the east to write in this particular series. So I'm already on that. And uh, uh, you can reach me um, through my um, internet. Um, and we'll have this written down too. So yeah, so yeah, it, I have a Facebook author page. Yeah, if you can post the Facebook author page, uh, I have I have also a um, <clears throat> an email that people can write to me for my author name is J M Sace S E I. I'll just spell it J M S E I S J M Sace Ceremonial Memoir at Gmail dot com, and that's a good way to reach me. I also have a Facebook page, um, that an author page, or Jace Sace is my uh, name. You can also find me on Facebook with that name. And I, I look forward to whatever else comes from this. This will be great. And I'm, I'm really very excited that you're here. And for all of you who have just created this beautiful opening with this, you know, descent into our, our dark winter here in the north and the, and the lightness in the, the south, stay with us this is just the beginning of the i am symposium and we're here through the first of uh 2019 can you believe that yeah but january 1st will be the last one but join us over at the wind clan become a fire tender and take your experience and multiply it thanks again jace thank you renee thanks for all you're doing thank you for joining us today and you're welcome to share this gift with your friends Stay with us for the 12 days of the Yule. And if you feel called to go deeper, please join the group of committed fire tenders on the Wind Clan group page wall on Facebook. We look forward to being together with you on this online ceremony to celebrate and bring ritual back to the holy days.